If you'll permit me, Mark, mm. I would like to speak ill of the dead. Oh, please. I, I, you know I'm always down for some of that. Yeah. However, I feel like we might have slightly different uh, things to say about the subject of this Well, ah. Uh, open. Assu- assuming you're going to talk about who I think you're going to talk about, uh, I have no fucking concept of what this guy was like in life, right? No. None at all. Yeah. All I have to go on is is what you've fed me over the past few days. And I, I liked it a great deal. <laughs> So I, might... I didn't predict this coming, and I should have. Um, <laughs> and I, and I, I do love this, actually. I might have to come out so to much. bat for my boy if you're going to speak ill. <laughs> so uh, this past week, the evangelical megastar Carmen passed away at the age of 65 from uh, complications of a surgery, a hernia surgery, okay. apparently. Um, in looking up things about Carmen, who I had not thought about in a hot second, mm. uh, I found out he actually had had cancer before, too, as well. But that's not what got him. It was a hernia surgery in Las Vegas. Disappointing uh, mundane. Yeah, extremely mundane. Wasn't mm. even like like a surgery that would have been kind of fun or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, was a, it was a hernia. Disappointing. So, uh, disappointing. Come on, Carmen, you could have done better than Fuck's that. Fuck's sake. If you are a current evangelical or ex-evangelical listening to this right now, you know exactly who I'm talking about when I mention Carmen. Full name Carmen Litradello, but you probably didn't know that. You just knew Carmen. Uh, he was absolutely huge. He won Grammys and all kinds of stuff like that. He has 16 platinum and gold albums, uh, has sold more than 10 million albums. Fuck me. Uh, you and- won Grammys. Yeah, based yeah on, there is like a based con- on the links that the YouTube the YouTube that you sent me. He won Grammys for yeah. those. He won Grammys for that ish in uh, contemporary Christian categories, uh, and he holds the attendance record for the largest solo Christian concert in history. And there's two different figures for this that I got from two different places. One Wikipedia says uh, eighty thousand people in Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. um, and an obituary from Christianity Today said that it was uh, seventy-one thousand people in Texas. Either way, we're talking about. Mm. Tens and tens and tens of thousands of people mm. in attendance at Carmen concerts. Each of whom I am convinced had an absolutely fucking bang in time. Oh, absolutely. Apparently, it turns out that uh, Ben of mm. Men of Low Moral Fiber, uh-huh. uh, Carmen was his first concert. I somehow did not realize that. So he has seen Carmen live. Oh. That was the yeah first first nice. artist he ever saw live was Carmen. Very also, nice. uh, my friend Wes had messaged me about uh, seeing Carmen and about how much he loved Carmen growing up. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, I am not kidding you. This is a huge, huge figure. So to describe what what I witnessed here, right? Because again, com- I've come to this completely out of the blue. And yes. what I saw was, well, firstly, I, I will forever pronounce his name as Carman because that's how it's spelled. His name is spelled Carman. <laughs> hey, I'm Carman. Um, and I saw just... Theatricality, sick dance moves, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> uh, really just broad parodies of, of various kind of sinful situations. He will speak out against all sins. Carman has a fucking song for every sin, be it gambling, yes. be it horror movies, be it, uh, you know, um, it, it, one, of the, one of the videos he showed me, he's literally having a fucking sing-off with 
a, a really broad caricature of Satan himself. You know, yes. um, I saw sweet kung fu moves. He will karate <laughs> kick the fuck out of your sins. I look something you said resonated, right? I come to this as a fucking fan of pro wrestling, right? Yeah. And I was I was lapping up what Carman was serving up there, man. I, I'm all about that theatrical. I mean, obviously, it's shite. Let's be fucking real. Right. Yes. But it's it's a certainly very entertaining and very engaging shite. I would I wouldn't would I voluntarily <laughs> ever choose to watch or listen to Carman? Fuck no. But no. Um, to to you know to to chat shite about the guy on a podcast. I fucking loved it, Corey. No problem right. at all. I mean, if you had a bunch of friends over and mm. you were like drinking and like, hey, do you guys want to see something? ridiculous yes. you could sit and watch that and it would be a fun time there's a there's <laughs> like, a version of me from about 15 years ago who would be baked at fucking 3 a.m yeah. and would absolutely join my friends in a jazz cigarette and singing along to some car man on fucking youtube i would love that absolutely mm -hmm. yeah it's theatrical it's fun and it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do uh in hooking you and interesting you as the non-christian watching this yep. and, and that was central to i mean he's this very like strong man he's almost like a a mafia caricature right he's this italian guy from new jersey that's that's one of the first things that, that i that i related yeah. to so much about him he he, <laughs> he sounds like my caricature of a fucking new yorker man he does <laughs> Yo, he sounds fucking... like albuterol exactly yes he does <laughs> i'm gonna kick the fuck out of your sins buddy you get the fuck out of here with those video games that's karma man. i fucking love him <laughs> <laughs> Horror movies, that's a fucking... Whoosh, get the fuck out of here, Satan. I can't get over you consistently calling him Carman. This is... <laughs> <laughs> this is going to end me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he is... Uh, <clears throat> that's exactly it. That's exactly the... <laughs> I went the to the house, who'd I see? Some fucking chump looked like the devil. I fucking kicked his ass. Carman. <laughs> <laughs> Carmen doesn't drop f bombs. Just FYI, no, he for doesn't. anyone listening to this, he does not. But he's this is the tone. That would be really? a sin. He would kick that an f bomb right sin. in the face. That's what he would do. He would punch it and then do some sweet fucking choreographed dance moves. <laughs> <laughs> You've really captured the essence of Carmen. Um, and you know, on the blog, I'll link to some of his videos as well as. Please. Uh, I will post a clip of some of Mark's reactions when um, <laughs> I had him watch one of the videos with me. Just to see, just to see. Uh, and it really, I wasn't, I had not predicted that you would <laughs> Be get such a kick out of it, right? Like, and now I'm like, no, that totally, absolutely makes sense. What's not to love? Why was he such a piece <laughs> of shit then? Why are you going to speak ill of so, the guy? I am going to speak ill of the guy because there is a direct line between Carmen and the kind of uh, persona he projected and the kind of Christianity that he put out there. Yeah. And QAnon. Oh, uh, fuck and Trumpism. And Ugh. all of that stuff. He himself was a, a Trump supporter who wrote Ugh. a song called the Donald Trump Blues. Oh, uh, come and, on. And, you know, just, yeah, it's, he represents this weirdness of American evangelicalism, where American evangelicals are obsessed with the devil, mm. demons, and the occult, mm -hmm. which are, when you go to other places with Christians, you know, this is not... This is not common. This is like a hugely evangelical fixation that yep. started in like the 1980s and has just sort of morphed into something that has become politically wildly dangerous at yep. this point. Um, you might have seen like 
I, I have no sense of time anymore. Within the past couple years, though, did you see that white lady pastor who she's standing on stage and she's like chanting? Yes, the, I like, did. Yes, I did. Stuff, and there's like the guy pacing in the background. Yes, I saw that. that I saw that. Yeah. And that rains from woman. Africa. Fucking rains from Africa or some <laughs> deranged <laughs> yeah, shit just, like, like that. Weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Repetitive stuff. Um, and she had, you know, come under fire from non-evangelicals for another one of her sermons that had come out. And she said something about, you know, uh, commanding all, uh, like, satanic pregnancies to um, miscarry. And Ooh. people were like, whoa. She's, like, they thought yeah. that she was saying, like, you know, liberals, babies should be miscarried. You know, <laughs> and, like, she says stuff like that because people who aren't evangelicals, they don't understand where this stuff is coming from but people like her and people like carmen really sort of taught that demons are real and they're right. responsible for everything yeah so if you you know abortion uh the existence of gay people uh other religions like islam and and judaism which Demon. if you notice in the beginning of the witch's invitation video he gets a letter from a witch who has like an extremely jewish name yeah 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like i got a letter from isaac borowitz <laughs> you're like what <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't even give him like a cool witch name or anything like that you know <laughs> like this was from galadriel xerxes or something <laughs> Like a witch named Isaac Barowitz. Like, uh, okay. What is happening here? So it's like there's all these kinds of anti-Semitic undertones to a lot of this stuff. That's not even an and, undertone, mate. <laughs> no, I'm giving it a lot of credit here yep. to say undertones. But it is enough for plausible deniability because mm. also Christians are very into Israel. Mm. Don't really like American Jews, but they are super into Zionism. Uh. So, you know. They wouldn't say that this is anti-Semitic, so it's an undertone, it's a dog whistle, whatever. This idea of demons being incredibly real is what leads to ideas like QAnon. If you know anything about QAnon, this idea is that uh, there is, like, like, liberals, like Hillary Clinton and whatnot, are eating babies yeah, in yeah, satanic yeah. rituals. Yep. And that all these kinds of structures that exist are because of demons mm. in society. And so you don't fix society by making laws that make life better for people and whatnot. You fix it by exercising the demons out of society. Which was one of the and questions I had for you, wasn't it? I mean, that, yeah. that first video that 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 first video that you had me watch the other night when I was drunk off my ass, by the way, um, <laughs> was just like all of the rest of his videos, a very theatrical um, yeah. You know, high energy piece where he physically hits demons with guitars, right? He, yeah. he walks into a saloon uh, and has a fight, literally a fight, a fist fight, fisticuffs with demons. And my question was, is this figurative? Is he, is this, uh, you know, is he being artistic here? Absolutely not. Yeah, that's the incredible thing about this mm. is a concept that's really popular and really kind of at the root of a lot of evangelical belief is this concept of spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, and that is the idea that all of us are at war with Satan and at war with, you know, his sort of minions, these demons, all these things that are about in the world. And so mm. we are constantly trying to fight an actual war. Yeah with this this is not a figurative thing so yes they're represented in this physical way that we can't necessarily see in the world but when he says you know i i'm 
getting this demon of alcoholism out of this person and like you know shoots them (laughs) he's like there is a physical demon of alcoholism in you if you have alcoholism and there is a spirit of infirmity in you if you're sick and you can get that out of people. I responded really well to the depictions of these demons in that video, by the way. They were very <laughs> yeah. um, 80s video shop kind of horror, very leprechaun. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, they were very mm-hmm. kind of leprechaun in space. Extremely, very... they're pretty well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could have watched I could have watched done. 90 minutes of that. Or yeah. that that there's a version of me that would have, you know. Yeah, again, yeah, the <laughs> baked mark yeah, 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 is, yeah. would be very into this. <laughs> One of the, I read several articles about just sort of looking at threads about evangelicalism and demons and all that kind of stuff, you know, as a refresher, since I've been out of the, out of that zone for a while. Mm. One that I really enjoyed was called Demons of the Deep State, How Evangelicals and Conspiracy Theories Combine in Trump's America. Mm. Um, Although, by the way, I would just like to mention, as I was looking for this kind of stuff, there was a title of a book that I thought was going to be like a a discussion of evangelicals' weird obsession with the right. occult um, because it was called No Demons, Please, We're Evangelical, The Spiritual Roots of Porn Addiction. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, this must be about how it's weird that evangelicals blame stuff on, on it's a big demon. demons. And no, a, it no. was 100% uh, a book about um, how being possessed by demons causes you to, you know, I don't know, spend too much time in your incognito window. Yep, (laughs) flogging it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So that was the thing. But this article by Jonathan O'Donnell really kind of lays out a lot of of what is going on here. Um, And so he says, a key idea in spiritual warfare is that demons don't only attack people as in depictions of demonic possessions, but also take control of places and institutions, such as journalism, academia, and both municipal and federal bureaucracies. By doing so, demons are framed as advancing social projects that spiritual warriors see as opposing God's plans. So these include advances in reproductive and LGBTQ rights and tolerance for non-Christian religions. So when stuff like QAnon comes around, and for most of us, we look at that and we're like, "This is insane! How can you possibly like? It's so bizarre and outside the realm of like rational rationality." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you've been taught this whole time that like these are actual demons inside of people and institutions, it's a symptom of, of of demons forwarding their agenda. Is that what we're saying? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I was reading something that was like people's, I think it was in the, in the obituary about him, but people's responses to him and like people were saying things like the, that music video that I showed you, um, they're like that really, that helped me. And that's how I, I know that I can conquer demons. Mm. And, you know, like when I come across something bad that happens in my life, I know Mm. that I have the power through Christ to like slay a demon and, you know, get it out. And so people take that very seriously Mm. and very literally. Um, There was like, if you look at the comments under the monsters one, no more monsters. I did read a few of the comments. Yeah. Yeah. And you see people like talking about like, yeah, this has, this is one of my favorites. Like someone was like, Oh, I I showed this to my kid. So they understand like they're through Christ. They have the power to like banish these monsters or whatever. And someone in the comments was to the replies was like, or you could just tell the monsters aren't real and people piled up and they were like, you are coming like you are being a tool of Satan right Mm. now. And you're one of his demons coming here trying to spread this falsehood that it's not real. Thank you sincerely for showing me that. Cause again, (laughs) 
car man has been in my life for 72 hours and no more before that, before is is he of a genre then surely he's not a lone fucking soldier of, of like doing his thing surely there are more car mans out there if I there's, mean, a, he's if there's a grammy the for that category if, if there's a grammy for his category surely that implies the existence of more car men <laughs> i think in terms like he's pretty singular in his like spoken word tough guy mm, you know like his kind of thing that he's doing he's pretty singular in that not that there aren't imitators but there's certainly a large bunch of other yeah i mean one of his videos that uh i watched with keo last night had dc talk which i actually i love dc talk but they were in one of his videos and their early stuff is like very modeled after what he was doing there's one in particular i i didn't quite get the story but it seemed to take place in some sort of factory some sort of steel oh mill my gosh kind riot. Of place. That, yeah that's the one everyone was quite sweaty and yeah. Carmen was very tough. He's very tough in his overalls and very yeah, tough. Very, like... he was quite. You know, he was shiny. He was perspiring. Yeah, doing the moves. Really good shit. <laughs> and you notice, like, they get like real dancers too. Because yes. yes. when you think of stuff made for Christians, mm. you're also usually thinking of just like really shitty versions of stuff. I'm thinking of uh, um, uh, what the fuck was it? The fucking fish market fucking right, pricks exactly. those guys the, um, thief in the night <laughs> like real low budget real just like nobody's been trained in anything and nobody's ever seen a movie because they were evil like you know like just bad stuff and in terms of what he was doing carmen's not making a mm. bad product here he's using real dancers oh, spending real production money, values real mate, production values and yeah what, what what i've neglected to mention is i'm coming to carman directly off watching the righteous gemstones um, mm, mm-hmm. Danny McBride's recent uh, foray into you know theatrical evangelism, and it it's absolutely terrific. Thanks, Alan, yeah. for uh, for the for the wreck, by the way. Um, but it, you know, it's it's uh, again for somebody so completely removed from that entire scene, it's very very interesting indeed for me to know that it exists and it has. <laughs> Boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Not only does it exist, but it, it it is it is taken seriously. You know what I mean? And it, it, there are people yeah. who fucking man, Carmen, you should punch the fuck out of that demon. Whew. You know, and who... <laughs> and I can do that too. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, empowered yeah. through Christ to do it. Hmm. Fascinating. Yeah. To walk among us, or or you at least. It 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 made me kind of consider how many demons I you know mm. consort with i'm a fucking oh, gamer Mark. i'm a gamer i enjoy just all manner of horror movies i enjoy a drink mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. i've been known yeah. to indulge in self-pollution from time to time if you know what i'm saying uh <laughs> i i cuss my mm-hmm. word car man would have a fucking field day <laughs> up in my life he would do a sick dance routine he would spin some ninja moves and hopefully yeah. he would punch the fuck out of my sins hmm Amen. Amen. Preach. Because I represent a whole new breed of Christian of today. And I'm authorized and deputized to blow you clean away. I've got a message to deliver to one who's true and just. We'll spit in your eye, you father of lies. Satan, bite the dust. Okay. So what am I supposed to remember? Um, oh, well, we have to, before we start, uh, mm-hmm. when do we want to do our next watch along? Uh, well, we, we, we normally leave about kind of three or four weeks between mm-hmm. announcing, gauging responses, 
getting input, voting. Oh, I love that process. Yeah, I know you do. I really do. Working out for you. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm happy to administer all that. Yep. (laughs) That's that's like the one bit of Joag that I'll actually do. (laughs) (laughs) One post a goddamn Instagram. (laughs) One thing you asked me, Mark, would you mind posting something to Instagram tomorrow? Yep, no problem. Did not do it. it too like you could have just like let it go like you'd forgotten but you're like i did not do the thing you asked me to (laughs) do the one fucking thing (laughs) that you asked me to do to help grow our podcast (laughs) it's you know that's the thing is it's like you you're so straightforward about it i can't even be mad yeah (laughs) like that's the that's very much the tactic that's very much intentional Um, Set the expectations really low. Exactly. (laughs) I didn't tell you that it would be fun or good to know me. So, much. All right. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, you are warmly invited. No, what, 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 what? (laughs) We haven't, like, we haven't intro the, are we going to include that entire conversation in the podcast? No, no. Oh, I thought we were. I thought we were. I thought we I thought this was going to go in. Oh, okay, we can. I I didn't think this was, I thought this was material. Is it not? Oh. (laughs) No, I can never I tell anyone. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I didn't expect it for for if you are comfortable with our intro to this podcast being me getting on your case about just, not doing things for the podcast. Just, and yeah, imagine sure, that a listener goes, intro. What the fuck? They're looking at a calendar. They think, huh? They're going to ask me to review them later. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, maybe cut that out. Well, I now I'm kind of know dedicated anymore. to it. I'll I... cut out the the calendar part, but I feel like now that is our intro because I, I thought hilarious. at least I I got a handle on the tone of our cast. Turns out I didn't. Turns out I had no fucking. I got nothing. It's because there's no difference in the tone of our cast from the way that we talk generally. No, there's not. Especially once I get into podcast voice, how can you tell? Oh, I I, <laughs> I don't know that you have a podcast voice. Oh, I definitely have a podcast voice. Although it's partly my Zoom voice, so that might be why you don't notice mm. it in general. Because you're I'm gonna not, be... I've only ever communicated with you on the cast of <laughs> The Zoom. first time that you ever interact with me in real life, you're going to be like, her voice <laughs> she... is higher. Hey, how you doing, Marco? She talks, she talks a lot faster and has a thicker accent than I'm used to. <laughs> well, um, look forward to it. So then, yeah, let's keep going. Then. No, right. Now I'll introduce it, right? Do please trim that or edit it or cut whatever you want out of it. Because thinking yeah, back I'll over the last 15 around. minutes... Some of that wasn't scintillating content, was it? <laughs> no. Right. No, it wasn't. So. I'll, I'll, I'll do what I can. Hi, everybody. Now you can invite people because I'm going to cut out the part where right, we looked at the calendar. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, um, based on the roaring success of our last Joe Ag Watch Along, uh, once again, thanks to everyone who attended. It was a great laugh. Uh, we are going to get the ball rolling on the threequel. Ooh, yeah, man. Nice. The Joag Watch Along Part 3. Um, as we may have mentioned before, this time... We're going for remakes, okay? Remakes, remakes, remakes. remakes. Uh, 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 uh. Woo! So uh, have a think about what your favourite remakes are, and let's be as broad as you like here, because you've you've got a uh, you've got a bee in your bonnet about referring to the thing and the fly as remakes, even though they definitely are, haven't you? <laughs> it just feels like like it's cheating, like. <laughs> Those those movies hold up on their own, not hold up on their own, because that's not the issue. We do want something that holds up on its own. It's just mm. that they feel like they're so distinctly their own movie outside of people even needing to have an idea that there was one before. Uh, that rabbit it doesn't hole feel like a remake. A come in, right? 
Okay, yeah. Were you aware, and even as I'm saying this, I'm wondering if I'm fucking making it up. Were you aware that Cronenberg actually produced uh, an opera of the fly some time uh, ago? I Did think that, that happen? Yes. Well, I think we briefly talked about this, and thus I did Google it. Right, okay. I actually so don't know if Cronenberg produced it. I just know that there was some sort of, sort of the I fly opera. I seem to remember him being involved. Yeah, it could very well be. I know that there's you can at least watch trailers or things or clips on, on the YouTubes of this, which ah. I find fascinating. What an odd thing. Oh, terrific. I would absolutely kill to have seen that. Oh, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a it was a long time ago, right? Like, wasn't it? I mean, like two thousand eight or something. Like that. 2008. Oh, two thousand eight. Mm. I guess that's just long enough ago that in my mind, I'm like, it's nineteen ninety four and two thousand eight are the same thing to me. Uh, Howard Shaw, a, a fellow Canadian, produced it, so I guess that was I where my confusion Canadians. was. Uh, and some of the pictures from the set, it is very faithful to the to the uh, aesthetic of the film. Oh, I mean, it's kind of set up if you think about it. Like the setting, especially of his apartment mm. in that. Yeah, it's his apartment, his lab. Totally perfect for. No, that's I, I don't know if I've said this before, but that's one of my acid tests for uh, how kind of strongly the 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 characterization and the dramatic element of a film might work. If you could transpose a movie onto a stage and have it work just as well, then I automatically think of it as a strong piece of work. I love taking movies off the screen and thinking of them in a physical space and if they would still work in a physical space then i think then they're they're rigid and thematically sound interesting i mm. like that yep I think if you can strip good... away the direction and you can strip away the music yeah. and the effects and the fucking you know the oh mise-en-scene then if you could put it on a bare bone stage and have it still work then i think it's it's a success i don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before <laughs> I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> and you like leaned in real close. I was like, oh, this is about to get weird. <laughs> it's about, <laughs> it's about like... to get weird, yeah. <laughs> well, now people keep pointing. You have pointed out about me. Others have pointed out about you that we whisper things a lot in kind of a strange, mm. um, strange way. You're constantly whispering things on this podcast. I had some uh, feedback from I had some feedback from a listener this week that they thoroughly enjoyed the way I. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. <laughs> so there we go. Oh god. Yeah. Uh so what the fuck are we talking about? Who knows? Um <clears throat> by the way, just on the note of Canadians, mm. I watched the movie Yoga Hosers this week. Kevin Smith made this. It's sort of a like just one of those weird vanity projects. Um and Which is all he seems to make now, by the way. Right. And it stars Lily Rose Depp and mm. um, and his own daughter. Uh, Harley. Who, Harley Quinn Smith. So Johnny Depp's daughter and his daughter in this. And Johnny Depp is in it as well. And for it's like I mean, the <laughs> two obnoxious stoner guys in your class had like a, like they thought it was really funny to say a boot. Oh. And then just like their routine goes on for like two mm. hours instead of the like two minutes. It was kind of funny. Yeah. And it is the like one of the genuinely most intolerable movies I have ever watched in my entire life. Like just yep. unwatchable. The actresses are terrible. The It's not funny. It's yep. everything about it is so, I so bad. I felt 
I felt exactly the same as Jane Silent Bob reboot. I got about a third of the way through it um, mm. before my. I'd actually heard that was kind of fun, but oh, I didn't, it's hadn't... awful. It's just no. it's Doesn't awkward. Work, huh? It's uncomfortable. You just get the sense that the world has moved the fuck on, and this film just exists in a place where no one else is. If that makes right. sense, I've tried my best yeah. to, to kind of sum that up, and. I just, no, I, I cringed through a third of it and thought, you know what? Life's too fucking short. Off you go. Dreadful, yeah. dreadful film. Yeah. That's, I mean, I absolutely would have done that with Yoga Hosers had I not been watching it with other people mm. on the interwebs. It's, yeah, it's definitely one that I'm like, mm I don't, I don't have time for this in And my life. yet, right, even though I can't remember the last time I actually voluntarily watched and enjoyed a Kevin Smith film in its entirety, right? Mm-hmm. I still can't Keep bring myself it. to dislike the guy. Well, I mean, and he is extremely likable. Um, yeah. I mean, he's just, he's a hes a fanboy. He's someone you'd be friends with. He's, and a massively and he's engaging made some talker. Stuff that, um, yes, exactly. His, it, I, uh, many times have I watched and enjoyed his Prince story. I saw him um, at Kamikaze in like 2015 or 2016, somewhere in that general vicinity. Mm. Um, doing his Fat Man on Batman when he finally interviewed Adam West. Oh, okay. Oh, met nice. Adam West for the first time. And it was the most charming exchange I've ever seen in my life. Because both yep. of them are extremely engaging talkers, or yes. were in the case of Adam West, but extremely yes. engaging people um, and very good-natured people. Yeah. And watching Kevin Smith fanboy out as Adam West, you know, Kevin Smith would ask him a question and he'd be like, oh, Adam. Oh, Adam, that was just such a wonderful question. You know, like, and Kevin, you would watch Kevin Smith just like melt, you know? And I was just sitting like, me and my friend Jerry were just standing there in the front watching this thing. Like, this is so charming. Yeah, I can imagine. Just delightful. So, as a person, and also his comic book shop is near here. So, I've been to that. Like, I I like Mm. the, I like Kevin Smith. I do. Yes. On a personal uh, level, I don't have time uh, for those movies. But goddamn, I genuinely can't remember the last fucking film of his I enjoyed. Probably Red State was the last Kevin Smith film I actually enjoyed. Yeah, and this uh, Yoga Hosers is like a spinoff of Tusk. <laughs> Tusk was uh, fucking by awful, the way. man. Yeah. So if you are, yeah, Whoa. that should tell you what uh, you need to know about about this movie. He's it's just. He- He's making stuff that nobody fucking is asking for, apart from right. what is it is his his fan base is is that who he's making films I, you for know, now? Is honestly, that what it is? here's the I think someone had posted about this on Letterboxd and had said like he's created the Kevin Smith cinematic universe and it's just for him. Mm. And honestly, if you think about it, like listen, if you had bajillions of dollars, yep. and you just could make everything that popped in your head and it doesn't matter how it sells right like mm. he doesn't need to sell out he didn't think yoga hosers was going to be a blockbuster mm. he made that because he was like me and my friends are gonna get high and watch this yeah it's a good point like wouldn't you do it wouldn't you yes. just make your every dumb idea that came into your head with the yes, unlimited means and celebrity access to do it yeah i would i would i absolutely would. <laughs> Fine. yeah so mystery solved there i guess yep Green light to you, um, Kevin Smith. Carry on, buddy. I don't have to like yeah, it. Which, I don't have to watch it. As long as you're happy. Right? Just do you. Like, mm-hmm. he's, he is harming no one with his well ish. Put. Aside from the mental strain it put on me having to watch that movie the other day. But yeah. you know what? Honestly, because he is making these dark comedies of his, 
I suppose that leads into what we are going to talk about today, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh, it really want to fuck me. That was an effortless segue. My God, I didn't even notice that had happened. Oh, I'm actually a little bit. Look at that. You're... You, are yeah. you a little in love with me right now? Just for that, that great Heart transition. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I, 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 we're, we're episodes 27, 26, 27. 25. 25, okay. And it, it felt like... It felt like the right, uh, the right time to for me to kind of talk about uh, a subject deeply, deeply, deeply close to my heart, and that is that of dark comedy, right? And and please do understand what I'm talking about here. I'm not talking about funny horror movies, right? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not talking about. You know, I'm not talking about Death Becomes Her. I'm not talking about Beetlejuice. I'm not talking about... Right, because we asked about this on the on the Facebook yeah. of People's Favorites. And some of them genuinely are, like, like dark comedies. Oh, yeah, But also, sure. like, Hucker and Dale is a horror comedy, but it's funny. Yes. Like, it's not a... It's, it's more a comedy. Dark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, say, sure. Right? Like, yeah. Uh, I, I, I don't know if that's an experience you've had. It's certainly an experience I've had where it's, it's, it's a laughter that is born of excess almost it's a laughter that is born of going through some kind of some kind of membrane way past <laughs> what is acceptable way out into the outer limits of 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 what is sensible and normal and it it's it's a laughter that comes from just a kind of a, a almost confusion i guess right um yeah and i i was thinking this through earlier on right that that incongruous reaction of laughter when confronted with re- unrelenting bleakness. Right. What is that all about? Is it? Yeah. Am I? Am I? Am I out on a limb here? Is this something that you, that you can relate to? Do you know what I'm talking about? No, absolutely. I think that that is that is the thing. I don't think it's universal per se, but I think that that is. I think that's a thing. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. Right. Um. Going. I. I. I think. If I were to think back to when I first became aware of this reaction, right? Is this mm-hmm. is a memory that I return to often. I, I okay. can't have been any older than 15 or 16. And I was getting uh, a, a tooth pulled, right? I think I might even have been a little bit older. I think I might have been in my 20s. Uh, and I, I, I wasn't shot up with enough. Mm-hmm. I, I so vividly remember this absolute agony and the dentist with a fucking latex gloves in my mouth twisting and pulling on my fucking tooth and this Ooh. cracking noise and i just oh. lay there giggling oh my god <laughs> in the face of this absolute my jaw was hurting me the smell yeah. of the fucking you know of, of, of mm-hmm. the surgery and my reaction was ha, 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 <laughs> to laugh at yeah. how fucking horrific yeah. it was um that's interesting to to put it in that perspective because that absolutely is again i don't think that's a universal feeling but that's certainly something that i think when something just like horrible Mm. happens or i injure myself badly or something like that you know often i have a weird yeah laugh reaction to that yeah do you know even (laughs) even as you've said that i've remembered another time when that happened i don't know if i've told you um i broke my elbow once while ice ice skating you told Um, me about that and sometimes i think about it and it and it was Makes disgusting. Me want to hurl a little it, bit, but it was. It was, <laughs> it was the most sickening pain to the point where I was lying on the fucking ice rink, retching, clutching my elbow to myself while dry heaving, and 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 it, it evolved into a kind of 
kind of a semi laugh. It's it's almost a euphoria when things are so fucking horrific, and and that that is what I'm talking about. Yeah. When yeah. I when Just I like talk about dark humor, it's journeyed past the point where it yes. can be bad like it, it's so bad that now it just has to be comical yes yes that's <laughs> that's the place because i think i think that place in art is where the really interesting stuff happens right you know um i will always always defend any art that goes quote unquote too far because i don't think there is too far i don't believe it exists as long as what you're making exists within you know, uh, as long as things like consent and safety are right, 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 are, right, right. are implied and assured, then fuck off, go for your life. You know, sure. it doesn't. You know, the, the, you risk it not being any good. You risk it being shit. You know, right? Uh, take off the top of my head a Serbian film, for example. Right? right? Yeah. Fucking hell, it's not for everyone. <laughs> no, it's, it's not, not for most. I would exactly. venture. But I will, with my dying breath, defend its right to exist. Sure. You know? Because out yeah, there on the fringe, yeah. that's where the fun stuff happens, I feel. It's interesting to think about because I think that's an easy one to it is. sort of condemn. And I think one that... No, I mean, and I I think that's good. It's an easy one to condemn and one that I think off the top of... Like, if as a knee-jerk thing, I probably would or would have. And, and you mentioning this in other conversations with me before... Mm. Uh, has made me think about that differently and the idea of too far yes. differently. Because there's, I mean, I don't even want to mention exactly what happens in this. You can Google a Serbian mm. film and you'll find out. Uh, I think if you listen real... to this, you probably, it probably <laughs> rings a bell. I, I don't know. I don't, mm. We have a lot of listeners who are not, yeah, fair enough. not <laughs> creeps. <laughs> then um, I apologize so... in advance. Yeah, Ugh. so I don't want to get too far into exactly what is terrible about this, but but there's something with a, a baby mm. in it that is absolutely too far on its face, right? Yes, but yes, yes. what you're saying here, I mean, does it... It So consent is not an issue. This is not real. No, no, of course um, not. It's a, it's a work of fiction. It's a work of fiction. And the idea of... Like, it being on its face offensive. Well, you wouldn't be watching this movie if you weren't looking for something that is just breaking down all boundaries of propriety and whatnot. Mm. And then what does it mean for something then to be offensive if the audience knows what they're getting themselves into and whatnot yes. and no one is harmed and it doesn't target a, an a group of people right so it's not like this is something that is then going to inspire acts against babies or yes. it's not going to inspire racism or misogyny or you know things that are harmful to people it's just mm -hmm. shocking it's yeah yeah, is yeah, yeah. What it is, you know? I'm, <laughs> like, I'm also minded to think of other other me i mean you've you're, you'll have read american psycho of course Sure. That goes to that exact same place. It becomes it becomes an experimental, almost train you know uh, train of consciousness attempt to just list as many horrific things as can possibly be conjured by the human mind. Right. And on that level, at least, I, I uh, whether it's any good or not, fuck that's your that's up to you. Right. But as an experiment in just listing horrific things just for the fucking art of doing it, yeah. it, 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 it scores big in my book. Yeah, look at most of what like Chuck Palahniuk writes as yes. well, too. You know, so much of that stuff is 
is just kind of it's shock it's you know what is the most grotesque thing mm. that i can come up with and it's very easy to to then look at that and be like that's that's too far and it may be too far for me i may not enjoy reading it yeah yep. um but is it harming anyone which is probably the core of what offense would mm. be you know i don't think so and yeah, it kind of goes to that place where it's so dark and so damaged that, that membrane. it's funny again. Yes, it, yes, you, yes. You yes. burst through you, that exactly, membrane. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it comes back around. And I, again, is there a Joag revelation coming up? I don't know. But that's something okay. that I, I, I think maybe I apply to other, I certainly apply that to comedy. Um, mm -hmm. When, you know the the repetition of a of a, of a of a joke or you know the hammering home of a point just goes through initial humor yeah. onto monotony onto fucking anger and yeah. then whoa bang you're back in the funny zone i certainly apply right. that to music there's music that i i actively enjoy listening to which is tough going sometimes <laughs> um, yeah definitely i think that's the certainly the sweet spot during a run hmm there's, there's when you a break past this hurts to yep and ooh, and it's also it the knowledge just like with the music just like with the book just like with the run all you've got to do is stop close the book stop running right. and it'll stop hurting but if you don't yeah. if you carry on it might get brilliant and interesting I think, and i think that is that is what i love so much about art that yeah doesn't stop that fucking tries to find where the outer limit is because that is right. where you you can check out anytime you want you can get off the fucking bus whenever you like but yeah. if you don't and you just uh, inhabit it that's where i think yeah. the fun stuff really happens yeah and i think there's kind of levels to this as well like you know and not everything has to be a serbian film like so when that that list um that you know, on Facebook that we'd come up with and things that I had thought about and whatnot. I think of something as simple as like Parasite, but yeah. like the, the humor in Parasite is born of discomfort yes. and violence and, you know, all of this stuff in this that is not on its face mm. funny. It's also mm. like class issues mm -hmm. and, you know, all mm -hmm. of this stuff that's not funny. And yet you find yourself weirdly laughing at things yes. that are horrific Yep. When um, you watched this film. And the, a lot of those reactions come from the beauty of the unexpected. Yes, I didn't yeah, I didn't expect absolutely. I didn't expect Parasite to be what it was. Um Yeah. Uh and and when a when a piece of art plays its hand and shows you what it's fucking the places it's capable and ready to go, that's exhilarating. That's really exhilarating. Mm -hmm. uh, other examples of that. I mean, um it's a, it, compared to what I have been talking about, it might be a bit lightweight. But do you remember very bad things? Um, I'm, I'm not Slater. honestly sure whether I've seen it or not. I know the title for sure. That's a kind of a consumer grade version of what I'm talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. here. You do, you go into Absolutely. it. Uh, you you get more than you bargained for with very bad things. It's just an unrelenting parade of. Immoral deeds, bad decisions. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a very, very mean-spirited fucking film. Oh gosh! And, <laughs> and by the end, you 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 taste that sort of euphoria of unrelenting kind of bleakness, and and it it results in laughter, a kind of a exhilarated, panicked laughter. It's lovely. It's a really good film. Did you see the um, 
the remake, the English language version of Funny Games? Um, I don't believe I did. Okay, this is, I hate this movie to the core of my being. Uh, okay. But I also think that this is kind of a, a similar thought and, and not a, this is not palatable again, I think to most people. Mm. Um, but incredibly dark. It's, you know, this, it's a home invasion story. Yeah, yeah uh, sure. These, these two guys kind of come into this rich family's home. Uh, they are like, they look like rich and preppy themselves. Like they've been playing tennis, whatever. They come in and then they terrorize this family mm. for the rest of the two hours of this movie. Just really, really horrific, heinous ways. Mm. And there's a, a part in it that I think if it didn't anger me so much, I think absolutely would cause that laugh react where um, the like wife or the mother, I think she eventually manages to get a hold of a gun yeah. and kills one of the two guys. And it's this moment of catharsis, right? You're like, oh, thank God, they're finally going to get out of this situation. Mm. And then the other guy who is Michael Pitt, is that the name of the guy who he's from like Boardwalk Empire? Um, I think that's, I think that's his name. Anyway, you'd recognize him if you saw him. Sure. He like, all of a sudden is like, whoa, what? And he kind of like turns to camera. He's like, oh, like that can't happen. And he rewinds the scene. Son of a bitch. So that she can't get a hold of that gun and kill the other guy. Well, <laughs> and you didn't good. know. That's bold. Mm. You didn't know the rules of this until mm. this point that that was a thing that could be done. And, and it's so... I mean, it's so bleak and dark, and then you go back to these people being tormented by it, and I, I hated it. But it is exactly that thing where it's like, yep. if I weren't so mad, I can see myself immediately being like, oh, <laughs> yep. fuck, what did yep. he just? No way. <laughs> you've you've really put your finger on something there. Uh, not knowing the rules, not knowing yeah. what the mm -hmm. fucking framework is. I want to talk briefly about. Um, uh, a, a piece of radio comedy uh, that went out in the UK in uh, the late 90s, 97. Uh, it was a show called Blue Jam. Uh, and this, I think, I, I could probably trace my love of this, um, this kind of idea of finding where the edge is to that exact show. Um, so uh, at the time, I mean, it, 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 as a show, it would never, ever, fucking ever happen now. Uh, it was ostensibly a comedy, radio comedy show, right? Mm -hmm. uh, produced and performed and written by uh, Chris Morris, who you know I love deeply. Yes. Um, very experimental in, in, in its format in that it would... Firstly, it, it, it was broadcast at midnight, right? Okay. Uh, midnight to 1am. At least the first series was. So already exists in a very, very strange time for radio comedy mm -hmm. to go out. Um, uh, lots of long ambient soundscapes, remixes of uh, kind of trip hop and electronica kind of music, and sketches over the top of these these soundscapes. Mm -hmm. Sketches, all of which or, or many of which were very very surreal in their content. Sure, yeah. Um, a lot of which pitch pitch black subject matter. <laughs> Um, dealing with things like medical malpractice, um, uh, parental neglect, mm. death, you know, a, a lot of kind of really lighthearted stuff as well, but all delivered in these kind of slow, low, sonorous voices. Uh, the, the fact that everybody had, you know, 
cut glass English accents. Very strange, very hallucinatory. A what? A cut glass English accent. So very, um, I guess, what offered, what gave it a lot of its edge was that very, very prim English voices. Okay. In this show. And some of some of the topics, man, fucking hell. Fucking hell. <laughs> um, one, uh, and just the sound design was so, so, so good. One of the sketches that, that stays with me to this day, and keep in mind, you, you're watching this for the first time, you're listening to this for the first time as it goes out with no idea what to expect. One of the sketches right. dealt with uh, a kind of an, an acupuncture clinic, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, delivered in a kind of a documentary style, so the person running this clinic is talking to the to, to an, un, an unheard interviewer about what goes on. But <laughs> the clients are actually nailed to a wall with, with you know long, long nails, and you hear the you nails going in. And you hear uh, people moaning while they they've just uh, left on these walls to 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 just stay. Um, another sketch dealt with uh, a, a a clinic who claimed to be able to raise people's dead relatives, but but by just repeatedly hitting corpses in the face. Oh God. Um, but then on the other hand, there'd be really light-hearted stuff, you know, yeah. light-hearted kind of funny jokes about a guy who takes his car into a garage, but when he gets it back, it's only four foot long and he can't fit in his car. Ha ha ha. And. <laughs> All the while, sure. just these really kind of low, low, strong, dreamlike, hallucinatory, pitch black, mm-hmm. and leaves you reeling. What the fuck did I just hear? Um, yeah. And that kind of kicked off a love affair, not just with that particular practitioner, but with yeah. finding where the limit is of dark comedy. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. So, you know, I've said before about like uh red and stimpy and about how the mm. the psychedelic and and that like weird that yes. it that hallucinatory element of it was part of what made it so that like I was terrified of it when I was watching it as a kid and then they bring in things like the bloody head fairy and stuff like that like it's really yeah 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 dark and there's something about that tone yeah that that somehow is part of that too. Yep. That just like messes with you yes. <laughs> in terms of like, oh, why do I feel like I'm tripping? Yes, yeah, exactly I'm that. Exactly that. Uh, uh, so as experiencing part of this. This week's cultural exchange. I'll enjoy some car man. I'm going to uh, hit you up with some blue jam. We'll maybe post yeah, some. Yeah, link it to uh, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly, certainly. See what you think. I, I'll, I'll level with you. I've not listened to it in a long old time, but in. I don't think. I, I, I think I'm right in saying. That it, it won't have aged because it exists, or I, I remember it existing, pretty free of cultural right. references. I mean, it, it took the piss out of other, other DJs who worked on Radio 1 at the time. But I don't remember any political messages in it. I don't remember any kind of yeah. wider cultural references in it. So I think it will have aged in a little kind of bubble. So I'm looking forward to hearing some again. It's and interesting, I'm looking forward though, to like, take because, yeah, you know, things like that, they sometimes they age in a way that is not not aging I don't, i'm mm. trying to think of a way to to put this like where sometimes something was so of a moment without yes. really being attached to anything else you yes. ever get that like where you watch something and you're like it's not that this is necessarily dated per se yeah yep. but that i still understand that this was funny because of where oh yeah, the yeah zeitgeist yeah. was where our minds went like even those little bits of like you know what made I feel like the early 90s and mid 90s was very much full of that, that messing with the idea of like messing with 
your mind you mm. know, messing with yeah. making you feel yes. out of body when you experience things and I, I feel as though there were a lot of creators a lot of broadcasters who were into fucking with formats mm -hmm. yes yeah absolutely Unless, I mean, Max Hedrum being an example of that. There right? you go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep in mind, you know, there was this thing called the fucking internet, which all of a sudden mm -hmm. uh, everyone was 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 becoming plugged into. I dare say that that idea of hang on, wait a second, we can all we're all now fucking connected. I'm sure that played a part uh, in in that that yeah. Oh that my gosh, kind the, of experimentation. The things we thought were funny when inter the internet was like just starting some mm. of them are just so weird even because you told me what was that so it's like a british like show that is i guess satirical but it's like nature like a nature documentary um and i told you that i had actually my friend and i used to watch are you talking about look around this. you that's the one yeah <laughs> and, and my friend oh, and i used so to good. watch it and so when you brought it up again i was like oh my god i have to like I was so, like, I think that I know what this is. And I watched the thing again. And I was like, I'm not entirely sure why I thought this was funny in 2008. Look but around in 2008, you. I thought this was the funniest thing on the planet. Uh, it's superb. And it, it, it resonates with every everyone who has been a child in Britain during a certain period. Um, Which I was not. <laughs> of course, Yeah. So very interesting that it, would, think, that it landed with you. Yeah. I think it maybe captured where what it's satirizing like, the is, internet brain was at the time. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I mean, there was a, a program in the UK called Tomorrow's World mm -hmm. back in the uh, 70s, 80s, which would take a stab at, at showing us the technology of tomorrow. Right. Um, and every kid had the experience in school where uh, the, 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 the glee that would come from seeing the teacher wheeling in a fucking cathode ray telly, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And playing an educational program. And look around you is a absolutely pitch perfect reproduction yeah. of the tone and the style of those shows. Really. Yeah, I know I've definitely, you know, experienced those kinds of shows. The British ones you are talking about being wheeled mm. into our yep. like sixth grade science classroom and, and seeing them. So there is that familiarity a little bit, but I don't think it would have had it wouldn't have been as ingrained as it would be for you, you know, watching it. But it was still just something about it was so funny. Yeah. 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 And it, it really is like sometimes you can't quite explain explain it, but our the zeitgeist was there. Our brains mm. were in that kind of comedy in that in that moment, so it landed. Yeah, there's something very uh, early internet about that show as well. I think mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I could definitely if it, had it been had it been written now. I think it probably would have found a home on mm -hmm. YouTube. It probably would have found a home as as maybe little Twitter sketches. I don't know. Right. But yeah, yeah a, a, a lovely little snapshot of, of of this i think look around you is at the same kind of time that i'm talking about with blue jam as well yeah. uh also surprisingly dark from time to time mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i watched a few of them and that's absolutely mm. accurate but i think it is interesting to sort of think about i don't know the impulse towards that the the what is it about us that something gets so bad that we have to once it pushes through pushes through the membrane as your phrase is now uh that like what it is that causes us that this is this is the response i have is this like cute aggression is that what mm. this is where it's maybe, like we maybe, don't have maybe. any other outlet for the emotion that this gives us and is it a hormone we're trying to release like this is so bad that your body's compensating and whatever happy thing <sighs> laughing releases that does it like i don't 
I don't know why we do this. I, th- I can, I don't know. I think there's something about it that I trace back to. This might be a stretch, right? Even as I'm saying it, I'm aware that this might be a stretch. But <laughs> for me, I think it's more, it's rooted in the knowledge that your time on Earth is finite. Mm-hmm. And it's a desire, I think, to wring as much experience out of everything as you can. Mm, interesting. I, not everything has to be an emotional fucking tour de force, right? It's fine to just be entertained. But I, mm. I also love knowing the places that I'm capable of being taken to. Mm. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the grave knowing that there was an extreme of art that I uh, the, the, that I backed off from or that was hidden from me. I want to feel it all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, I think that absolutely, I think that makes sense for both of us, our personalities. Mm. Um, I mean, I don't know. I would be interested in, in knowing if generally people who enjoy that kind of stuff share that, mm. you know, is that the, do they want to feel everything, experience everything, or is there some other thing at the root of, mm being attracted to that or, or having that kind of response. I don't know. I'm not entirely, not entirely sure. Carman would disagree. <laughs> he would be kicking the fuck out of these particular demons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turn that shit off. <laughs> and then he'd be <laughs> busting a sick move. <laughs> Good point. All right, well, thanks for thanks for chilling with us once again this week, everybody. Um, yes. Let us know again. We do have if you want to see some other of people's favorite dark comedies, both of the the lighter horror comedy kind, but there oh are yeah, some yeah, yeah, dark things in there. Uh, check out our Facebook um, and yeah. just look up Jack of All Graves on Facebook. You can find us, and we'll we'll let you in. And if I, if it didn't come across earlier on, we want your we want your requests, I guess. For mm, yeah, let's start with requests for remakes. To boil down to the final four uh, for the final uh, vote off as we roll on in to the Joag Watch Along 3. March 13th, mm-hmm. 2021. Oh, yeah. Um, can I just say a, a funny thing I've noticed is that most of the time when a year switches over, mm. it takes me like a month, two months to stop writing last year on it. Yes, completely. That completely has agree. not happened with 2020. I'm oh, okay. very aware that it is 2021 and not 2020, and I never make that mistake this year. I uh, always get it right. Did you, and feel free to fucking cut this out because the episode's finished, but did you, you know, after the summer break, would you ever go back to school and pick up a pen and realize, oh, fuck me, I forgot how to write? <laughs> did you ever have that? Um, yeah. <laughs> no, because I write a lot. Oh, so. Okay, I was always a journaler. Yes, okay. But I, I have I was, heard that's a thing. I've actually, yeah. that's genuinely a thing that I've seen as like a, like people talk about the problem with breaks mm. instead of having year round school and just going like off for a week here and there that mm. like kids legitimately forget basic skills like how to mm. hold a pencil in that time. Oh God. I, after the year away from traditional schooling that the, the, the every child has had i dread to think what the long-term fucking effect of this is going to be maybe that's another episode i don't know yeah perhaps so we can explore that more in depth but uh in the meantime yeah uh check out our um facebook jack of all graves our twitter uh at jack of all graves instagram jack of all graves pod drop us some stars on itunes store um and you know hit us up talk to us tell us you love us you hate us 
just want to hear from you. Yeah, we do. We love it. All right. So until uh, next week, stay spooky, friends. Bye.